2: jesus christ
1: we on the motherfucking bootleg cab
3: podcast
1: oh yeah
0: welcome to the bootleg cab podcast ladies and gentlemen another one shout out to uh freeway ricky ross came by the show man um you know I, i didn't know what to expect from this interview because he does so many interviews like a ton of them so i was like yo like i feel like this dude has kind of talked about everything in you know at that long depths but uh we had a great interview man super dope interview this motherfucker loves to talk shout out freeway ricky ross super nice guy i feel like we kind of hit the interview from a different angle um so i'm super excited for everyone to listen plus got to give a big shout out to uh our good folks over at odd socks all right listen odd socks They just showed me a preview of their new WWE socks. They're fucking nuts, man. They got this WrestleMania series. I'm pretty sure by the time you hear this, they're going to be out. The WrestleMania series is insane. Oddsocksofficial.com. Go over there, get some odd socks, crazy licenses, WWE, Breaking Bad, uh, Godfather, Scarface, Nickelodeon. They got it all. Use the promo code BootlegKev. Save 20% off your order. Let's get into the podcast. Hulae Show, we got a special guest in here. This guy's a legend. Freeway Ricky Ross is in the building. What's up, Kev? Man, it's it's good to uh, finally meet you. Shout out to my guy Amir who connected us. I feel like I, I, I I've
1: been trying to interview
0: you for so long. I just I've just Come never on, ended up happening. I
1: walk man. the streets every day, man. All What's, you had to do was just holler out. Holler it's be. good
0: to finally meet you, man. I obviously uh, I've been following your story for a really long time. Um, you've done such a good job of um, building an enterprise, building building uh just different streams of revenue since you got out, out, man. I mean, I feel like you just, you got out and
1: the real work started, right? Yeah, ain't no question. Well, well not really, because I I worked when I was in jail. Believe it or not, I did not have enough time when I was in jail. I wanted more time. Really? Yeah, I wished I had more time. So how would you spend your days, like, and and in what ways
0: were you still working on outside stuff while you were incarcerated?
1: Every day, every day. Um, You know, I was... Getting schooled by Wendy Day on marketing. Wendy Day's a legend in the music industry. Yep, he yep. was one of my personal coaches. You know, we emailed back and forth four or five times a day. Um, I just, I just tried to stay in touch, in touch with with the streets. You know what was going on, who was moving. Um, you know, you'd be surprised if some of the people that that I was communicating with from behind the bars.
0: Who was somebody? I mean, obviously you mentioned Wendy Day, but were there any uh, anybody else that, um, whether it was actors, directors, artists, musicians that would, would
1: Snoop, Dre, they all uh, reached out. Well, they necessarily didn't reach out. I reached out to them. Yeah, you know, uh, um, I knew somebody with with connections. Bernard Hopkins. Shout out to Bernard Hopkins. Bernard Hopkins is a real one. Who else? Um, a lot of people. You know, I found the alcoholics while I was in jail. You found the Licks? Yeah, I found but, the Licks. you talking about Tash,
0: King T. Well, King T was a part of the Liquid Crew. Yeah, yeah,
1: King T was, was you know... Um, king T wasn't in the I Licks. Had I listened to King T, I'd be the king of hip-hop. Wow. I did not listen to King what did, T. What, what did King T tell you? Well, I, 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 was, I was hanging out with Dick Griffey.
0: By the way, shout out to J-Row and E-Swift. I just want to make sure I know all three... <laughs> me- I know
1: all three members of the Licks. I, I was hanging out with uh, a guy by the name of Otis Smith, who mm-hmm. uh, was the owner of Beverly Glen Music, uh he introduced me to Dick Griffey, Barry Gordy. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I'd already started dipping into hip hop. This is while you're No, no, this is before this I was This is to before. Prison. Okay, so this, this is is way before I went before. to prison. This, this is, is before NWA. Okay. Uh at that time my DMC might have been. So this is like early to mid eighties. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. So I was already dipping in hip hop. Mm-hmm. You know, we had the DJ equipment and you know, we doing a we're doing a little thing. Uh, King T told me To mess with him DJ Pooh But instead I gave the money To Otis Smith To do Anita Baker's First record Wow And had I known That hip hop Was gonna be What it became I would've went on And did DJ Pooh album Anyway
2: Mm. Instead of
1: not doing it, you know, I, I still could have did it, but I was like, this young boy, he was only about 17 years old. Yeah, so.
0: King T, for people, people don't give him enough credit. He's one of the young pioneers in, in L.A. Well, Dre,
1: Dre learned how to work the drum machine from Master Spade and King T. Mm-hmm. Now,
0: King T doesn't get enough flowers.
1: Oh, no question. No. Well, you know, and and that's why when, 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 uh, when King T was going through his little thing, you know, Dre gave him a deal. Right. Uh, uh I don't remember what year it was, but, but Dre gave him a nice little deal, you know, try to try to try to uh, boost him up, get him back on his feet. But yeah, King T had told me to mess with hip hop. He was mm. like, Man, stick with the hip hop, stick with the hip hop and, and you know, I'm I'm listening to these guys that got platinum albums and, and, and you know, walls decorated, look like your wall right here. So right. I'm like, Who do you listen to? The seventeen year old kid or the pioneers of of, of R and B? And uh, it was it was a decision that was easy for me to make. You know, I went with them. Of
0: course. Um, how did you discover the licks from from? You
1: know? <laughs> well, when 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 I was in MDC, mm-hmm. as soon as I walked in the door, the first person I ran into was Harrio. So Harrio pulled me into his cell. We were cellies, and uh, you
0: and Harrio were cellies.
1: Yeah, we were cellies. Okay. When when they started Death Row. Okay. Okay. That's
0: that's that's crazy to know because I mean, just the chances of that happening.
1: Like you guys ended up. I mean, but you know, you're talking about guys who who pretty much ran the streets out of here, mm-hmm. and um, even though we wasn't really good friends on the street, you know, we we were kind of compatible. You know, you want to be, you don't want to be in the cell with somebody that you can't. Talk to relate you know, to you relate to you know you want to be with somebody that you can relate to. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna have a Sally, first you don't want a sellie, but if you're gonna have one, you want somebody. Got to be there. somebody who you could actually be friends with. Yes. At. So when I leave MDC and go to the pen in Arizona, I get to the pen. They turn on BT, and there they was Snoop and Doctor Dre. One eight seven on undercover cop. What prison were you Rowe, at in uh, Arizona? Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, what, what what? Which was it? Buckeye. No Black Canyon Okay okay The name of it It's FCI Phoenix Is what it's called Okay But it's in Black Canyon Okay Um, So when I saw that I was like Damn Harry finna make it You know Death Row is finna blow Mm -hmm. So I got right on the phone Man where King T at Give me King T number So they gave me King T number I was like Man uh, I need an artist And uh, he was like My video finna drop Saturday Look at my video Let me know if you like These little dudes It was the Licks The alcoholics man Shout out to Tash And those guys And then what's even Colder than that They living with my cousin (laughs) (laughs) Really So they were related to you You didn't even know it Yeah they was living With my cousin So it was It was a real easy fix And then uh, Fade I don't know if you know Fade Devion I know of Fade Well Fade was also uh, Fade was At that time Fade was a head promoter Over Lyle Records Mm -hmm. But he was gonna quit Lyle Records And come and run Freeway Records for me Wow so during that transition, he got the job over at Interscope. Hmm. And he was still going to quit though and come in and, 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 and run my label. That was, that was our plan. He was going to quit his job and come run my label. I go to the hole. Mess with one of my partners was in the hole. Mm. He telling me to call this girl and, 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 uh, the case manager called me and, and, and locked me up. So, um, when I go to the hole, I'm in the hole like thirty days, no phone call, no mail, no nothing. Faye signed them to Loud Records. Wow,
0: yeah, because they ended up on Loud with like Wu Tang and Exhibit. That's how, they,
1: that's how they ended up on Loud with with uh, with uh, risk and they probably could have, should have ended up on the Freeway Records. Uh, yeah, they should have, and and then you know I, I was you know I was kind of due too where I wasn't going to like sweat, you know, like it wasn't their fault that I went to the hole and and. Even though we had already agreed on, on the deal and everything, All I was right. just like, go ahead, y'all do y'all thing. So take me back. You said that you bankrolled Anita uh,
0: Baker's first record? Mm-hmm. So how did, because, you know, obviously in your position, you have a lot of money that you need to put places and you need to.
1: Yeah, I was looking for, I was looking for. Legitimate businesses. Things to, to get me out of the dope game. Of course. I, I didn't want to be in the dope game.
0: So, how, uh, how does this Anita Baker story happen? Be- I mean, obviously, you told us you linked with, um, um, you just said his name, I'm sorry. Um,
1: Otis Smith. Otis Smith. When I was in high school, and, and another mistake I made, not being young, you know, not really understanding business at the time, I was a tennis player. Okay. Otis Smith had a son that he wanted to be a professional tennis player. His son was about three years younger than me. So, Otis would come pick me up from high school. Would pay me twenty dollars for me. And at that time that was a lot of money. Yeah, twenty bucks back then. I mean twenty bucks in the nineties was lit. It'd would buy like, me tennis shoes, yeah. would buy me rackets to go and play with his son. I played with his son just about every day. Wow. After school. I would finish at the tennis team, do my little tennis practice at the school, and then he would pick me up. We'd go to Beverly Hills, Hollywood. Um, it was another place where where Kennedy got killed at. It used to be a tennis club, a really nice tennis club. He 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 was a few tennis clubs he was the only black that went there right. nobody else la tennis club in, in hollywood he was the only member for, mm. for the longest there was no other black member beside older smith in that club so he would take me to those places and, and and i would play with his son you know hour hour and 20 minutes whatever whatever time it took us to play a couple sets so I grew up, though, Yeah, I was 16, 17, I think 17, 18, I stopped playing with him. I dropped out of high school and, and went back to the streets. So we hadn't saw each other for years. And all this is in my book. If you, you, you get a chance yeah, to read yeah, your my book's book. been
0: out for a while, too. It's
1: been out about five years. Yeah, it's been out for a minute. But they still don't know, know about it. Yeah. It's still kind of like unknown. You can still buy it it on Amazon, I'm sure. Don't go to Amazon and get it. Don't go. Where should they go? Go to Freeway Ricky Ross and get my book. Buy the book there. That way you can get it autographed. You get
0: it autographed and you get to keep all the money.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You don't got to give Amazon their cut. (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to give Jeff Bezos nothing. (laughs) He's got enough. I'm hating on Jeff. Yeah, for sure. Rich motherfuckers go to space. So uh, uh, I loved Otis. Let me say that there. Yeah. So one day I'm just like chilling out right here in Santa Monica. It was, mm-hmm. a, it was a professional tennis tournament going on. And I ain't seen Otis in five, six years. You know, I got hair on my face now. I'm a grown man. Getting money. But I ain't 16 no more. I got about two, three million dollars cash. And uh, I'm at the tennis court. I'm by myself. You know, no, no homies don't want to go to no tennis match. And I right. just kick back on the bench and got my hand, got my cell phone. and You know, just relaxing. This is a relaxed day. And I look up. There was little Otis. Now he's like six feet three and hitting the ball. His son, his son, yeah, hitting the ball a ton, and he's playing against the number one guy from Stanford. Big guy looks like a linebacker, and and they start arguing, mm. and then the guy from Stanford, the whole team is backing him. Mm-hmm. Otis, he's playing at UCLA, the only black guy on the team. Right, nobody backing him. Mm. He's by himself. I said, man, I better get some help. So I got on the phone. I called all the guys. I was like, man, some, some white boys finna jump on me out here in Santa Monica. Come at boo, You know, they was in L.A. We in Santa Monica. They was there in like five minutes. I heard motorcycles, tires screeching. And it's a hell of a, that's a hell of a time to, so to get that far. As soon as they come, the kid who, who little Otis is arguing with hit the daddy in the eye. Bam. And then my guy's just coming over the fence. I see them coming over the fence, and they looking at me like, he do that? And, and they don't even know Otis, but they just know it's a black guy and a white guy right, fighting. And, so, and then I just gave him the nod, and, and they wouldn't handle their business. So um, when they broke it all, I wouldn't broke it all up. I didn't want none of my guys going to jail. So that relationship kept- It started I, all over again. It started all over From again. that day. So Otis don't even know that I did that for him. Right. Like, he don't know who what happened. He just know, man, damn, somebody saved my life. Because he was trying to get massacred. I can imagine. So uh, then, the tennis coach, my high school tennis coach, comes up. He's the one that introduced me to Otis, because mm. he knew I needed money in high school. So uh, they started talking, and, and I'm just standing back to the side, listening. You know, glad to see my old coach again. You know, because uh, my coach was nice to me. You know, right. he 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 helped me out a lot in life. Um, so Otis started telling him about the music business because I never knew. I just knew Otis drove a brand new Rolls Royce convertible. You know, I'm in the '70s, like. Right. I don't know what you do. You know, right. I don't even care what you do. Right. Just keep giving me them twenties. Mm-hmm. So he was talking to Coach Smith about the music business, and then he's like, "Man, Rick is the one that uh, you should be talking to. He got more money than sin." <laughs> and and uh, he Otis looked at me, and he was trying to figure out did he know me. He's like, "Little Rick, man." He's like, "Little Rick." And I, he was like, "Yeah." So then I came over. We shook hands, and he's like, "Man, it's been a long time. I'm gonna take you out for dinner." And uh, then the coach said, "He probably want to save your life out here." <laughs> <laughs> so the relationship started. The next day, he took me up to his office. You know, showed me all the plaques. You know, Johnny Taylor. Right. He found Rick James. You know, uh, his listen he, he just he was just decorated. So I was already dipping in hip hop right then. Mm-hmm. You know, I was messing with some local rappers here, and I had I had some rappers from Chicago I'd already sent for that eventually signed with Russell Simmons. What uh, was their names? Six pack or something like that, there. Uh, They didn't get big. Right, okay. You know, they got a little mediocre. Yeah. Local, you know, local celebrities. So, um, Otis started talking to me about this girl that he was going to produce. And he needed the money to produce her. He didn't even have the money to send for her. I I gave him the money to send her her ticket from Detroit to come out here. And uh, we got her apartment up in Hollywood Hills. And uh, just started from there. Anita Baker. Anita Baker. I never got into the business, though. You know, I just gave him the money. Here, here's the money. Here's the money. So. Uh, Did you get a return on your investment? No. <laughs> she jumped the label. She. Oh, okay, okay, okay. She jumped the label went to. Uh, I forgot the name of the label. I paid for the attorney to sewer. Oh, wow. It's crazy because, like.
0: I think so many people have kind of, like. Based on, I guess the misconception that like snowfall is like directly about you, even though they didn't, they couldn't say that because they didn't drop the bag off that they should have
1: probably dropped the bag off for you. Well, they might be getting ready to drop it now. You know, I got the phone call. They want to, they want to sit down. They want to sit down. Mm -hmm. In terms of what though, I don't know. In terms of like bringing you into the fold, they just told me they want me to come to the studio. What we gonna talk about? I don't even know.
0: The snowfall producers, or the network, or the show—I mean, obviously John Singleton they, passed
1: away. Rest in peace. They say he say he was a producer.
0: I mean, but it's—it it's, has to do with snowfall, or is it separate?
1: No, they snowfall.
0: I mean, I mean, because I mean, listen, when if anyone who's familiar with your story,
1: I mean, like, it, well, they—they they know they changed commercials when when they add the first commercials on snowfall. My fans gave them the blues. Mm. hashtagging john singleton snowfall i mean fx all of them hey this is rick's story y'all stole rick's story yeah i mean obviously it's not the same because then
0: then you could sue the living shit out of them.
1: have did you try to sue no i thought about it i talked to a few lawyers It, it it's it's a tough suit it is a tough. It can't su- be one. It's a tough lawsuit. It's a tough lawsuit. Um, you know, uh, intimate domain. You know, I got so much stuff in newspapers. Right. And, and, and right. 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 So, right. So it's a. tough So case. if you
0: think about like the show, uh, I, I, I mean, as far as the first season, I guess, like, I guess, how much of that do you
1: feel like was really? I didn't watch it. You didn't watch it. Okay. I I, I only start watching the show after I got the call from Dave. And he wanted me to come Be a part of his podcast uh, After the snow Before that I never watched snowfall I, I probably had glanced You know Passing by and, 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 and seeing it on TV Now I did have dinner uh, Lunch with Franklin before I was at Whole Foods Downtown one with day With the actor Yeah The
0: uh, English guy uh, Ed, uh, Something Idris is his name I
1: forget his first name Yeah I don't know his name But uh, Seems like a nice I'm guy I'm terrible with names Seems like a nice guy very nice guy i like him so you guys had dinner lunch lunch you
0: guys had lunch did he like try to pick your brain or, or nah, how he was that combo?
1: he would he, uh i was sitting there because i didn't know who he was okay because you're like i don't even watch the fucking show i don't watch the show so yeah. how would i know who you are yeah you know? and he walked up and he was like you mr ross and i was like yeah and uh my managers were sitting there and they was like that's the guy from snowfall and i was like what and I was like, sit down. You can sit down. So he'd sit down. And we just start talking. He was like, man, I don't know why John ain't got you on the set. And I would do a much better job if I had you around. And, you know, we just went through the little thing. You know, he probably was blowing a little smoke, too, you know. Of course. <laughs> of course. He runs into you. And he was like, <laughs> hey. So So, uh, but it was a cool conversation. Uh, um, and, and you know, we just got up, after we finished eating. We just got up and we, we, we went our separate ways. So, because
0: obviously in the show, like, it's, it's very much kind of like, I mean, I'm assuming there wasn't a bunch of tennis players in your hood where you were growing up at, right?
1: Uh, I mean, for, for black tennis players, we probably had the biggest black population of tennis players, maybe in the country.
0: You go from, were you a good student in school? Terrible. Terrible student. Good athlete, though.
1: When when, when I say terrible, I mean, terrible as far as is, is doing the work and stuff like that. I, I didn't really like mess up a lot in school i was probably you were a, a good joker. kid but i was just, a good kid but you, you weren't write. applying yourself to school couldn't read or write you couldn't read and write no oh wow okay so
0: um take me like to like the is the parallels of the show and the cia and obviously we all know that the contra wars are being funded through all this crazy ass shit that was going on with the cia was that is that part accurate in terms of what you were dealing with with your plug and all that
1: shit? I didn't know I didn't know that my guy was a CIA operative. You didn't know until you were incarcerated, right? When 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 uh, Gary Webb broke the story, is when I found out that the guy I've been getting my drugs from was a CIA operative. And how long was that your guy? Like like was it from the jump? Like this I saw, was I sold drugs for about eight years. He wasn't the main guy all along, but uh, you know you know in the drug business. There's probably three or four guys in between. There is, so you have to work your way through each level of of of, of uh, participants in order to get to to the top hunt show.
0: Were there situations in which you felt like the fact that you were indeed dealing with law enforcement without knowing it, and that they kind of needed you out on the streets getting this
1: money? No, I had the totally totally opposite. Because you know they had the freeway task force, the, so they had the free. But 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 the, the freeway that task was separate. They from, were separate, separate from them. So, so the freeway task force is 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 kicking my ass. That's the LAPD or is and that, the sheriffs LAPD that's the LAPD and, and sheriffs, which have,
0: have no idea about this other thing that's going on over here with the
1: CIA. They obviously. found out after they raided as well that. Do you think that they like the
0: CIA like maybe protected you in certain aspects where that could have been worse on the sheriff and LAPD? Like, was there like an invisible hand that maybe? Kind of' not think
1: a, so handcuffed and, and, and hog tied your legs hog tied and beating the head with a flashlight and a dog by you fucking crazy uh, do you think you were protected? would yeah, you feel not, like you was protected? Probably not no,
0: probably not, so I didn't feel like I was protected. What was the first like um time where you decided like this is something I need to really do was it because you know uh, like you said like when, when it comes to dealing drugs i've I've sold weed and other things um, there's like a moment where you realize, oh there's real money here. Like you start off a certain way. Like, at what point in time did you realize I could turn this into an enterprise? Was it like after you got your first key? Like, what?
1: No, no. My first, my first fifty, I got beat out of. I sold it to one of the big homies. Well, I didn't sell it to him. We didn't know what it was. Me and my boy, who who I was working with, we didn't know we didn't know what cocaine was. I never seen cocaine before. And this is prior to the crack era really kicking in. Yeah, correct? this is still powder. This is straight power. I mean, they rocking it up, but
0: we didn't know how to you rock it You didn't know up. what the fuck it was. Freebasing no. wasn't popular at, the, at yet, I guess, right?
1: Freebasing was, yeah. Freebasing was, was. it was popular, but not to me. Mm. And know, it, had, Richard had, had, Pryor had already been freebasing. Okay. You know, Richard Pryor had already been getting down. So I had never saw cocaine. I never saw weed at the time. I, mean, I was a tennis player. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. You, you, I was a square. Mm-hmm. So when my partner called me over and showed me the cocaine for the first time, the only place I saw cocaine was on on Superfly. Some real shit. Yeah. So I was a novice. So you, I got beat out my first 50. When you say that, what do you mean? Okay, he took it. My guy Martin, who was the big homie, took it, rocked it up, and he sampled it. And at that time... He got back a, a piece of rock that was about the size of a match head. You've you probably never seen a match. Uh, of course before, I've seen a match. Come you on, seen f- matches before? 35 years, <laughs> no, I'm 35. I'm not 12. You can go to 7-Eleven and get free matches right now. Yeah, they still have matches? <laughs> yeah, they got to. I don't know. I, if you, I you buy cigarettes, it. you can say, I need a match book. I haven't saw a match in 30, 40 years. Shit, they're still out there. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, it's about the size of a match head, And he said, well, it rocked up, but now I got to taste it. Mm. And he cut a little piece off of it, and it was just a teeny piece left. And he threw it on the pipe, and he tasted it, and he said, I need another taste. And next thing you know, it's like a little, little teeny-weeny piece. He said, man, I'm going to just smoke that, and I'll pay you Friday. That's 50 bucks worth, right? So now, with my boy 50 bucks, I'm already broke, so I'm really fucked up now. So I'm sitting on the porch again like damn I gotta call a homie and tell him I ain't got his 50 right 50 bucks is to send me a decent amount of money no back then yeah, it, was, yeah, it was a nice piece yeah, of money yeah so uh I guess about an hour or two later uh Martin pulled up again the one who had smoked all the rock and he had Big Mouse with him this is the first time I ever met Big Mouse mm-hmm. Mouse used to hang out with Tookie Williams and he's one of one of they guys you know swole and yeah. he jumped out he had a hundred dollars he's like man we want a hundred dollars worth for that and I was like damn I ain't got it (laughs) So I said Let me go call my boy So I called Mike I told Mike Everything that happened Like look man I ain't got your 50 But I got somebody here With a hundred We got a hundred If you want it You can come get it I'm gonna get you your 50 Whenever I get it Yeah And uh, he's like I'm on my way That was my first sale And I was like Damn this shit got value It got value That's crazy At what
0: point in time Did you realize that um, Re-rocking cocaine was the most profitable business model for you to, to, to really get, get the most out of, out of what you were getting from? Well,
1: well, how, how that kind of came about is, is people would come over early in the mornings, you know, seven, eight in the morning before they go to work. You know, mm-hmm. they want to get a hit before they go to work. And they'd be like, damn, man, I ain't got no utensils. Utensils was the stuff that they cooked it up with. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I got a bottle. And I would let them use my bottle and, and they'd cook it up. And, and then I was like, damn. Won't I just have a ready rock form? Ready to go. Cause it's like it, And then it, we start calling it ready rock. Oh, we got that ready rock. We yeah. got powder, we got ready rock. Which one you want? Which one do you want? And so more people start asking for rock than powder, and then pretty, pretty soon it just fades powder all the way out.
0: Hey, we gotta stop the interview real quick, man. Shout out to our sponsors at My Bookie. Now, if you're into sports like me and you like to win money, what are we doing? Go to My Bookie right now, man. Let's get in on some of this action. My Bookie. Go sign up, get the double deposit bonus. This is what this means. When you sign up in MyBookie right now, all right, whatever money you deposit, they're going to match it. They're going to double it for you up to $1,000, but you got to use the keyword, the promo code, bootleg. That's right. Use that promo code bootleg when you sign up at MyBookie. They're going to double your deposit. Listen, March Madness is coming up. My favorite time of the year to gamble is March Madness. It is so much fun. You don't got to know a fucking thing about college basketball. It is just fucking turned up. I love to go to listen March Madness. That's really all you need to know. Get your account before then. Thank me later. Also, NBA action is finally back. Throw down some futures. Who do you think is going to win the MVP? Joel Embiid, Jokic, Devin Booker, a little dark horse. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to the Suns. Uh, you got to go to my bookie though. Sign up. Get down right now. All right. Get double your money. Double your deposit. You put in a thousand. They're going to match that. Give you a whole another thousand to gamble with my bookie dot a g use the promo code bootleg double your deposit my my own close family members had their bouts early on in my childhood with crack but crack is like one of those things that like i i feel like when you when you see the things people go through to get it and they know that it's detrimental to their lifestyle but they still go through all those things and they still it's almost like Being a crackhead is like a real full-time job just to get high. (laughs)
1: It's like, it's like, it's like if you wake up every day and your goal is to get crack, it's like, that's like your full-time job. That becomes your, that becomes your goal. Yeah. I saw people quit, you know, before I started selling crack, would quit jobs that we would have killed for. Right. And it's like, and like, I'm quitting, man. I'm going to come out there and work with y'all. Like, homie, you ain't going to make it out here in these streets. Did you ever try it? I tried it for about two weeks. And what? I, I mean,
0: I got sick. You got sick. Thank God, because if you really liked it, you would have had. I would have. <laughs> I mean,
1: I, 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 knowing me, I would have had the strength to quit, though. Yeah, and I've had friends that I've helped quit. You know, like was was out there and 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 they came back and then started having money.
0: Yeah, it's crazy because you think of like some of the, you know, I guess when you think of being a drug dealer, the moral, I guess the moral uh, line that you're walking. Where it's like, okay, at the time, you don't understand in 20 or 25 years from now how you're going to be necessarily affecting the, the the crack era absolutely like you don't know that when you're living it because it's 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 you, you know can't, you can't see there's I no mean, historical nobody context. nobody really knew though because yeah no was, one knew right n-
1: nobody knew about crack at that time yeah it was, it it was, was something new
0: and i'm sure it started off as people doing it recreationally because i have friends like brian Sampson shout out my guy brian who did crack in the 80s he used to say he used to just freebase before he'd fuck he'd be like oh yeah we used to do it in the 80s but like we didn't really know it was crack yet we just called it
1: free basin. right he no you're you're absolutely right so, like people, I think it started off as something where. And the people who was doing it all had money. Because you figure, had, yeah. You figure back then when, 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 when I started, a gram of cocaine was worth like 350 375 Damn. for a gram. So everybody couldn't afford to free base. Extremely rich.
0: And, and, and at the time, there was no Ready Rock. So people had to buy that and
1: then do that shit on their own, like you said, right? Do right? you think that you were. Eat the, f- the basin? They used to eat the base. Were when you I first the- started, they was eat the basin.
0: Were you? Um, were you think you were the, one of the first people who who decided to prepackage it and have it ready, the ready I, rock I aspect?
1: Know. You know, L. A. Times said I was the first crack millionaire. You know, um, and you know it's hard to say because you know, we don't keep stats. You know, we just we just be trying to stack as much money as we can. Do you feel any sort of remorse or guilt, just kind of knowing like
0: your part in in the crack ep- epidemic?
1: Well, you know what? People ask me that and and I used to contemplate with how how to answer that question, but I know how to answer it now. Uh, I did an article with a a young lady in uh, Chicago from the Chicago Tribune Mm -hmm. and when she headlined her article, she said, no regrets, only lessons. Mm. So I learned a lot from uh, being in the cocaine game. Uh, You know, I'm happy with myself right now. You know, I'm happy with my life. I'm happy the way my life turned out, you know, uh, even my prison time. You know, uh, I accept that as being part of, your journey. Uh, of yeah, of my journey of my uh, rights to passage and, and um, who I am right now. Had I never uh, been involved with cocaine, I couldn't be who I am today. You know, I wouldn't be able to do the things that I'm going to do in the future. Uh, were there ever
0: little things that happened where you were dealing with your plug that might have like that? In retrospect, you think back on or you thought back on when you realized that they were indeed, you know, CIA
1: or whatever. <laughs> nah.
0: Were there ever like little things where you're like, you know what? Now that now that I know that, this, it kind of nah, makes nothing sense. Like, nothing, nothing. Like,
1: nothing like what they're doing on, Snow, on Snowfall. Uh, you know, I'm looking at these guys, they like walk through locks, doors, and walls, and, you know, they got super senses, you know, where they can just like figure out that somebody's watching them and, right. like, no, that shit don't really happen in the dope game. You know, we just like normal motherfuckers. We make mistakes, you know, forget shit. Uh, but no. Nah. Um, do you remember
0: the, like the time you, you, you knew for the first time you had a million dollars? Because I feel like that first million has got to be memorable. I mean, there was times where you were making three million dollars a day, the, right? The, the,
1: the hundred thousand, my first hundred thousand, was more memorable than your than, first million. Yeah, than my first million, because uh, you know w- w- the dope game is—it's kind of funny because once you make a hundred thousand, it gets really easy to make a hundred thousand. That's a lot of people don't know that, but to that get to an ounce was tough. That was like. Like pulling teeth out to get to an ounce of cocaine, you know, to save up twenty eight hundred dollars. Like, wow, I ain't gonna never get there. And then once I did it, it was like four ounces and ten ounces, a hundred ounces, you know, just like kept spinning. And and that's the same way with money. You know, once you get to a certain level. say, for instance, when you're working with one hundred thousand, it's easy to profit thirty, forty thousand dollars.
0: Yeah, I mean, once you have that hundred k, you start playing in a different game <coughs> in terms of the amount of money you can can generate. Can generate, yeah, hundred percent.
1: Because you, you really really what, what, what you do is, is what I did. See see like what I found out about myself is that um, I, I don't look at myself no more as a cocaine dealer. I was a cocaine banker. Mm. So I would do like banks do: go get money from somebody and then take it and break it down to a bunch of other people and then make a percentage off of each one of those people. And that's how my money was generated. Wow. So, yeah, that makes sense. Cocaine Banker. I like that.
0: <laughs> I like that. That's, that's, that's pretty wild. Um, for people who don't know, what area of L.A., uh, what was your neighborhood?
1: South Central. 87th well, and Figueroa.
0: Okay, so when you're growing up, um, you're coming up in the late
1: 70s, early 80s, right? 60s. I was Um, was there when the watch riots happened That's crazy Yeah I saw the watch riots Yeah I was there I saw the burn baby burn You know the The army tanks rolling down the street The army men I mean you're there
0: For the Beginning of what we You know is is, You know we live in LA So we're fully uh, At least uh, you know Obviously both of us But A lot of people um, Culturally think of LA They think of The two biggest gangs in the world Are the Bloods and Crips In terms of just culturally right and like i feel like your come up you were actually kind of there before bloods and crips were world yes. famous mm-hmm. you were probably running a lot of those blocks before it became like a thing
1: well no they was there before i started selling cocaine so
0: they were there already i'm just i'm just curious like that
1: uh that i remember when the crips and bloods played football against each other wow before they were enemies uh, I remember the first person that got killed at the park. You know, we, we had all, all all my little crew, we had all rode our bikes to the beach. And uh, we, we, we sneak, you know, sneak and ride our bikes to the beach because we was only about 10 years old. But uh, back then, you know, you could you could run around L.A. and didn't have to be, you know, worried about nothing happened to you. I would let my 10-year-old kids run the streets now in L.A. But of course. back then we did it, you know, about of us 15 of us we mm-hmm. get on our bikes and we just ride to the beach and we were coming back from the beach this night and it was just before uh, dawn you know we still the sun was still up a little bit and when we got to the park we see the park taped off and cops everywhere and it was like what happened and then uh we found out that one of the crips killed blood was just, that's so wild over a football game over a football game one of them's tooth got knocked out and from there it was a just- it was start a fight escalated. And then the other one went to the car and got his gun.
0: That's so crazy. What? Um, cause it would have been easy for you to get sucked into that life. Right.
1: I wanted to be a crip.
0: You wanted to be a crip.
1: Yeah. What when was I, it? When that, I was about 12. I was gonna say, what was it?
0: Cause, cause you know, you're obviously running your enterprise later on. Was it easy to navigate kind of being independent? If that makes sense. Well, you know,
1: I was, I was a kid. I was only twelve years old, so I just mean in terms of when you started to finally kind of get into the streets. Well, when I came back to the streets, though, when I quit playing tennis, I was a grown man.
0: But I mean, I mean, did you still have to kind of deal with some of those politics?
1: Of- yeah, but they was my homeboys. Okay, I went to school with them. It's like my neighborhood is like the Crips is right here on on Figueroa, and then you go a block or two over, it's the Bloods. Right. So it's only like. It ain't even a quarter of a mile between, you know, the two sets, you know, like the two sets kind of like mingle in each other on, on certain areas, you know, like you'd be walking down the street and you see the Bloods walking on that street and then, you know, you see the Crips just just a little off. So they, they were they were close um, to each other. Yeah,
0: no, that's that's crazy because like I just feel like that was, because now we think of like, I, I mean, there's Blood sets and Crip sets all over the world and just like, I guess the, it's amazing. I never would have thought that at one time. Yeah. It's wild. It is crazy. And, and and even when we think of just gangs in general, we just think of Crips. I mean, in in the United States, like people think of Crips and Bloods as like the two biggest gangs. Like obviously there's motorcycle gangs, there's Hell's Angels, there's all that. But Oh, for sure. It's, it's a wild, it's a wild thing to think that you were there. Well,
1: the Crips and the Bloods get the, the most notoriety probably, you know, out of, uh, it's something about, you know, being black in America mm-hmm. where, um, they like to promote negative stuff about us, that's true, and then also just the um you know it even it even baffles me when 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 I went to jail, you know, I made every news channel in the country nightline dateline twenty twenty sixty minutes well, I've been out, I spoke at stanford university, yale, not Yale um that's not on Dateline that's not on twenty twenty yeah they're not they haven't not said d- nothing about it, of course not. Yeah, I mean, it's the same way that, like... And and for me, I'm like, you got a guy that was illiterate. Now he's getting paid to talk at Stanford University, USC Law School, UCLA. I mean, if that ain't some amazing shit... What is? What is? For a guy who couldn't read, couldn't write now, the universities are paying him to go and talk to the smartest students. I'm like, what the fuck? It's It's just this society,
0: man. It's like when we when we think of like when you turn on the news, like they're not talking about the good shit going on. They're only talking about the shit. That's and that's sp- the
1: stuff that really like, like, like even I, I even broke down the John Singleton situation, right? Because mm-hmm. I, I knew John fucked with me, right? He fucked with me for real. You know, I, I know when motherfuckers faking. Of course. So me and him sit down. We chopping it. Up, we done ate together. So I know that he he liked me. Yeah. So I was thinking a couple of weeks ago, like when I started doing this show uh, 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 after the snow with, with uh, Dave, you know, I, I started really like just opening my mind up and like really thinking. So I was like, damn, I bet John Singleton went to FX and say, man, I got Rick Ross and I got this show. And they probably were like, we'll take the show. We don't want Rick Ross.
0: Mm. That's interesting. I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, from all accounts, I've heard like John was a pretty stand up dude. I don't
1: know. I, I don't think he should have did the deal, though. He should have said, "You ain't taking Rick Ross, you can't have the show." I, I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't disagree. I
0: mean, I don't disagree. I mean, I, and I also think it's obvious that it was loosely based around your life. Like,
1: uh, it's but obvious You could go to this page. If you go to John Singleton's Instagram page, you got me and him hugging, taking a picture with my book. He bought one of my first books, and he said, "Rick Ross, great story, Snowfall coming soon." I didn't know it until somebody brought it to my attention.
0: Um, that's fucking crazy. Yeah, no, that's, that's unfortunate. Um, when someone has the amount of money that you have, you start to learn, you're kind of forced to learn some financial literacy, right? Cause that's a lot of fucking money. Um, your money will teach you. What are some of the lessons that having that much wealth accumulated at such a young age that you learned that you would try to spread to other people? Cause, because financial literacy is one of those things that, you know, unfortunately, isn't taught in schools enough.
1: Well, I learned that your money will work harder than you. You know, a lot of people try to work to make money, but you should let money work for you. That's some real shit. And 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 basically, I figured that out. And once I did, that's when I would go buy a million dollars worth of cocaine. And then I would pass it out to different people. And then the next day, they would all bring me my money back. Because you ain't standing on the corner selling your fucking self. Exactly. Mm what so we're, that's your money working for you
0: yeah i mean and, and i think that in in terms of just what the wealthiest people we know that's what they do oh absolutely uh, whether they have stocks that go up and down whether they i mean shit as simple as a vending machine you have a vending machine that vending machine you're not
1: there the vending machine is making that's your money working it's working for you if yeah you, if you go out and buy a bulldozer that's your money working piece of property rent it out there it is
0: was there any assets you were able to keep after you got arrested or did they take everything?
1: Well, I had a few. I had a few pieces of property. Uh, you know, I owned own the theater, on Crenshaw and Adams. Um, I was going to build a West Coast Apollo mm. over there. And uh, what else I had? I had a few pieces of property. You know, uh, I sold my motel before they... Before they indict, I mean, once I knew that I was indicted, I started trying to sell my assets because I knew that they was it was going coming to take. Yeah. They was going to try to take the big ones. My lawyer was like, get rid of everything that you think they know about. You knew it was coming. Oh, but you had, had an idea. Well, what happened is, is even though my indictment was a secret indictment, um, one of my cousins killed himself mm. and I go to the scene because I couldn't believe he had did it. So I go over there where he was at and then one of the cops had, had, had peeped me. And then uh, somebody was like, man, that cop just mentioned your name to the other cop. And I was like, I ain't tripping. I'm good. You know, I hadn't even been selling dope for a year and a half at that time. And uh, the cop came over and he was like, "Uh, you Rick Ross? And I was like, nah. And I had fake ID. So let me see your ID. So I pulled out my my bunk ID and I handed it to him. And um, he was looking at his partner his partner like, that's him. And when he said that, Dude, say turn around. When not cuff me, I took off running. So I knew from that day that uh, I was one. Something was coming because they were going They were trying to throw you in some
0: cuffs. Yeah, they on was trying the to spot. cuff me.
1: They was trying to cuff me. So you started to get your
0: assets in order, or, 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 or get your assets. <laughs> well, I liqu- a lawyer. Liquidated. I, call,
1: I called a lawyer the next day. Like man, they was they was gonna arrest me out here. Yo, so, you must have had a fire ass lawyer in the eighties. I did. I did. They didn't like him either though. Is he still? Is he still practicing law? I don't know. He done got old. You know, he's about 70 something years old now. I always think you ever watch Breaking Bad? I never watched it. He, he's got this the guy.
0: He's a big meth dealer and he's got this like go to lawyer, Saul Goodman. He's like a crazy guy. But I can imagine being your lawyer in the 80s had to be a stressful and also profitable
1: gig to take. Yeah, he made a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I bet he did. I bet he did. He kept us out of jail, though. You know, I bet he did. That was that was the most important thing: is keep my guys
0: out of jail. That had to be nice to have somebody like that in your corner to kind of guide you through the legalities of like, hey, oh yeah, yeah if you're gonna put, he, if you're he, gonna he, take your money and put it here, do it this he way. Really,
1: one of the best things he ever told me was, uh, I go to him and I was like, man, these cops planning dope, planning dope. Yeah, they was planning dope on us. Yeah. Because they couldn't catch us. They couldn't figure out how to catch us with dope. You know, we, 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 had, I came up with a theory was that we don't keep dope in the house. We bring it in the house, we wear it up. As soon as we wear it up, we throw it in the trunk of a car, put the car down the street at, in front of somebody else's house. So they was never going to catch us with dope unless they caught us like right during that time. Right. We was that, it up. that
0: specific instance.
1: And then yeah. we start wearing it up at three in the morning, four in the morning, you know, like. Odd hours of the day when when most people would be asleep so people wouldn't see us going in houses or something like that because you know people would see me sometime and recognize me and be like oh that's rick ross so we just started doing it when most people would be asleep so nobody wouldn't really recognize us so the cops couldn't catch us with dope and back then it wasn't no conspiracy you know like uh Well, conspiracy. Somebody got to get caught with some dope with a conspiracy or somebody got to come in and say that you had some dope. But anyway, uh, they started planting the drugs on us. They started raiding the house and we literally take dope out of their pocket and plant it in the house or take bags of of dope out of their trunk of their car. And so how did your lawyer tell you to navigate through that? Well, when I told him about it, he didn't believe it. You know, California. Yeah, no, no, that's a crazy thing. Yeah, ain't nobody doing no shit like that in California. So he said, "If if if I knew some cops was 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 crooked like that, dear, I would hire a private investigator to investigate the cops." That's what I did.
0: So you would hire a private investigator. Now, this would be pre
1: them planting drugs or after? They'd already been planting drugs. They're so, planted drugs on my people already. They hadn't planted drugs on me. And yet. you knew who these cops were. Yeah So
0: you would say That was the freeway task force They was named after me So you would hire A private investigator To investigate those cops Yeah And just get get shit on them
1: Yeah That's crazy
0: What was the craziest thing That
1: your PI Dug up on a cop Uh, This one guy Was Was was, um, In the bed With his girl And He had a fish tank Right next to his bed Well One of the pumps Had a shortage in it So It was electrocuting they stuck the guy onto the wire and and electrocuted him. So the cops did that to someone. Yeah. And your PI witnessed this. He didn't witness it, but the the defendants or the witnesses told him Mm. that that's what happened to him. Another one was uh, my partner. Uh, We used to have big safes, probably like the size of this table Mm -hmm. in our apartments. And, they wanted him to open the safe and he wouldn't open it so they took a trash bag and put it over his head fuck some real and shit to try to suffocate they him. got indicted for that for putting the trash bag over over his head smothering him wow so it was almost like
0: against their best interest to fuck with you in that way because you had a fucking guy who was gonna i guess overturn all that shit
1: well, eventually we, we, we got it all overturned. Uh, when, when I turned my investigation in, 150 people got out of prison. When
0: you, when you ended up going in or when you ended up turning in, what your me. PI got?
1: They eventually indicted me. Okay. So when they indicted me. You had all this shit that your PI had accumulated. Yeah, we were like, oh, you're going to go to trial with these guys? This, these this are is your, what we got on them. This your witnesses? Right. Let me show you who Some your witnesses terrible witnesses. Let me show you who your witnesses is. Wow. That's crazy. That's yeah. how. That's how I beat my first case. Shout out to your PI, huh?
0: See, I, I mean, that's your lawyer and your PI in the '80s. God bless him. They had
1: to <laughs> top of the line guy, Frenchie. He probably dead now too. Though. His name they, was Frenchie. Frenchie, yeah. Shout out to he Frenchy. was an ex cop. Shout. Out to, I mean, so he knew. Yeah, he knew the he knew the ropes. He knew the ropes. But those are the guys that you get for investigators. You know, if you, if you, you doing investigation on cops, you know, you want somebody who's who's been there, done that. That's some real shit. When you're um. <clears throat>
0: Coming up in LA in the '80s, the early uh, stages of gangster rap, Ice T. I think of Ice T. I think of guys like that. Like, uh, how much was like hip hop and guys like Ice and and you know, obviously NWA was a little bit later. Um, we were more on Tiny T, Master Spade, King sorry, T, Master, King T, Master Spade. Yeah, I was gonna say like, it's it's kind of like you you. The, you know, hip hop and the crack era kind of run synonymous with each other in a lot of oh, ways. Oh, definitely,
1: definitely. Um, you know, Ice T did the the documentary um, Planet Rock, you right? Know, how hip hop stole from the dope game. Um, but I, I was gonna.
0: I guess did did you also kind of recognize that this hip hop thing was was becoming like a real thing? That um, I did not. I. Because I, I, some I, people, because back then a lot of people thought it was a fad. Or it was like, it wasn't real music, that's or it, what, was, it wasn't going to last long. They,
1: that's what Otis and Dick Griffey and them told me, that that it was going to be like disco. Because disco was there, and then it wasn't. Exactly. And that's why I miss hip-hop. If it wouldn't have been for that, if you they would not have told me that, I would have I been the king of hip-hop. Without question. Nobody, I remember when Russell Simmons was just running around L.A. broke. Wow. I remember that. And you had the money to really, you could have been
0: the death row out of L.A. Yeah. That's crazy, I mean
1: shit, man. Yeah. But it ain't too late. It ain't too late. No, no, I'm gonna. You know, I still got to get my money out of out of the music industry. See, what I do you is you gotta if go I tap in with Anita money, baker
0: and get your money get back. back.
1: No, no, I'm gonna get it out. I'm gonna get it out of hip hop. Hip hop gonna pay me.
0: I like it. I mean shit. Has did you end up winning the Rick Ross lawsuit? No, I lost that. You did lose it.
1: What was the reason that you lost it? Because it seemed like it was a pretty well um with if 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 somebody does something to you you get two years to it's sue it's like a
0: statute of limitations limitation so you were past that
1: i should have filed before i got five days before i got out of prison i should have filed my lawsuit mm. but the, the judge wasn't gonna The judge is gonna find a way to let him out did you and the rapper rick ross
0: ever have any talk or or, or was it kind we of spoke on the
1: phone before you guys did in speak prison. okay yeah, yeah. It's a, it's 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 a, you know when he was. You're
0: probably like, yo, you out there running around with my name, huh? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was crazy. I when when uh, one of the youngsters, you know, my my little youngsters that I had in jail, you mm-hmm. know, they studied under me. One of them ran in one day with a magazine, boom, and he showed me X X L. Hey man, look at this dude. He stole your name. I was like, huh? So I go get on the phone. I start calling everybody. Hey man, you know this dude? X, you know this dude? And yeah. So, uh, finally, uh, you got I content. hit one of my guys in New York. He's like, man, he's going to be in my office Monday. I was like, oh, yeah? He's like, yeah, call at 9 o'clock. So, when I called, he just handed me the phone. He didn't even know who it was. Yo, stopping the interview. Got to tell you about our good folks at Odd Socks. Man, listen, go to
0: oddsocksofficial.com. Use the promo code 20% off. Save 20% off some of the craziest socks. You know, they got the Ninja Turtle joints. Uh, shout out to Kool-Aid. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Spongebob. Plus, they got the Odd Socks Basics. These are my boys right here. I love these right here. You get the plain black, the plain white. Very comfortable. Most comfortable socks in the world, to be honest. You know what I'm saying? Plus, underwear, y'all. Cheese it. Draws. Come on. What are we doing? Go to oddsocksofficial.com. Use the promo code BOOTLEG and save 20% off the most comfortable underwear in the world. Fuck all that other bullshit y'all be wearing on your ass. Throw all the methicas in the trash. All that PSD shit, all that shit is all... Listen, man. Put them odd socks on your ass cheeks and thank me later. At your peak, um, liquidity-wise, what is the most amount of money you had at one time? I
1: don't know, three and a half million, three point two million, half million, 3.2 million, something like that there. You it were, didn't really matter. See, my, I didn't really care about how much money I had. I, I wanted to know how much money I could spend every day. You were spending a lot, you know. If I could make two hundred, three hundred thousand every day, I was good. How much were you spending a month at your at your peak when you were on dope?
0: No, I'm just just I'm just on. Were you like a flashy guy? No,
1: because that's you probably would have got caught a lot earlier had you. Yeah, no, I bought mostly houses. I I was businesses assets, business freak. You know, like I'll be riding down the street and I see a house. Oh, look at that abandoned house right there get the address call my girls hey i want to get this house go get it
0: when you get incarcerated obviously before that happens you have i'm sure you had a close uh circle of people who helped you with your affairs who helped you with what you were doing
1: um what happens to them when you go to jail disappear when the money runs out everybody runs out no more girls that's crazy gets lonely. (laughs) Jail is a lonely place. I was going to say, you
0: you had to trust somebody enough to like handle certain shit once you like, if you know it's coming. Once
1: once you get a life sentence, it's theirs. It's no longer yours. Mm. Don't belong to you anymore. How how much money? What do you need it for? I was going to say, how much cash do you think
0: was taken from you by people you know once you got that sentence. Because I'm sure you had cash
1: around. Who knows, man. I mean, I, I've lost so much money in my lifetime. You know, people running off and beat me out of money. It's, I mean, the numbers it's, it would be crazy. It'd be crazy to think about. If we could put it together. What I appreciate about what you've been
0: doing since you got out is just like the positive influence you've been. Like you were talking earlier. Um, you know, I feel like your story is an inspiring one because a lot of people might be in that position that you're in and give up or I ain't gave up.
1: I'm, I'm going full steam ahead. Well, that's I mean. what
0: I mean. You got out and just, it, it, you just picked right back up.
1: Well, no, I, I picked up in jail. I taught myself how to read while I was in jail. That's I, I mean, that's a, that's, that's a, how I got out. I, I got myself out of prison. Why did they, why did they let you out early? Cause I told them that they had, they charged me on three strike law and I told them I wasn't a three striker. Hmm and then i showed them i wasn't a three striker and then he had to get out and they had to let me out that's a beautiful i'll go against their books and one thing about them they don't like going against their books once they write it on their paper it's hard for them to go against those so um uh, <clears throat> when i was in prison i went hard man i didn't uh i read over 300 books while i was gone what's the most important book you've ever read i would say the three most important give me the three Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Mm-hmm. Richest Man in Babylon by George Classey. That's a great book. And As a Man Think by James Allen. And those books um, allowed me to go back over my life in the dope game and break it down and to see how I could use those same skills to do the things that I'm doing right now. Richest Man in Babylon, they made us read it in high school. And what? It's, it's Where you went to high school at? Phoenix, Arizona. They should be, that book, I believe that book should be in every school in this country. Economics class,
0: right? But it was a, a, for people who don't know, you should go check it out. It's really extremely basic principles of financial literacy, but not told in that specific way, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like how you should spend money, how you should save money, like, you
1: know. All my guys, I I, I ask all my guys to read it. You know, my boxers. And it's not a long book. No, it's a short book. It's a very short, easy read. Everyone should go check it out. Short book. So in term- rappers that I work with, boxers that I work with, uh, anybody that want to work with me, uh, my assistants, I ask them all to read those books. Um, Now that you're, you know, you got the, the books been out for five years. We
0: talked about that. You're working with- I got people. another book I've been out about a year. What, like, give us the grand scheme of everything you have going on now.
1: Um, you, you know- The books, uh, the movie is is budgeted.
0: Yeah so let's let's talk about the movie first cuz the your movie's got to be this can't just be a fucking straight to straight to TV type oh
1: no this 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 theater
0: this has to be uh when we think about how big snowfall is and i know that snowfall i mean officially isn't about you but the movie's got everybody be, think it is the movie's got to be fucking crazy Absolutely, like you, Michael B. Jordan or somebody crazy got to play you. Mm-hmm. I
1: don't know. I it, like. I like the. Uh, I like that kid, uh, Childish Gambino. Childish Gambino would be crazy. Think, Donald Glover playing you would be crazy. I think He would kill it. I don't disagree. That's what I was going to ask you. Like you're, he's the hardest guy in the world to get. A, I've been looking for that guy for three years. I mean.
0: He is a very eclectic human.
1: <laughs> he is. No, sh- nobody knows him. His show Atlanta is amazing. If, I don't know if you've seen it. It's good. I haven't saw it, but uh, I, I just I just like his demeanor. You know, I, I think that he could uh, that he could pull it off. I just don't
0: want to see your uh, your movie ending up like the Gotti movie that John Travolta starred in recently, because that was straight to Amazon and it was terrible.
1: No, I don't want to go straight to Amazon.
0: Your story is so crazy; it's got to be bankrolled. It's got to be. It's got to just be oh, we a, got mo- a nice budget for a black movie. It's got to be a moment, man. It's got to be a moment. I'll tell you that. We got Reginald Hudlin directing. Dope. You guys haven't casted it yet? No, we haven't cast it yet. Are you guys going to make the movie and then shop it around? Or do you guys already have distribution? Uh, My friends
1: have distribution already. Okay. Yeah, they got to put deal. So uh, I mean, we we pretty we pretty tight, you know. I'm 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 pretty dope in the movie scene too. Like a lot of people don't know, you know. I used to screen movie scripts when I was in jail, so they could let you like you could tell them this is bullshit. This isn't how it would go yeah, down. That's what I used to do. I that's used to have stacks of movie scripts. In what's myself.
0: What's the movies that you, they had you look through that we might know while you were locked mm, up?
1: Which one? Oh man, I don't remember. Man, I know it was one about these people who were. Uh, they were stealing kidneys, selling kidneys. Oh, shit. And they both had boxes. This was this was a crazy movie. They both had boxes, uh, containers. Uh, one had a kidney, and one had a bag of dope. And they got mixed up. You know, they went to the same restaurant to meet somebody, and the guy with the kidney gave the guy that was trying to buy the dope, the kidney, and the guy with the kidney gave the dope to the guy who needs the kidney. So now... You know the guy with the kidney, he's sweating because he about to die and, right and the guy with the dope it, it was it was it was crazy that was one of the craziest ones I ever and it, and they they made the movie about that too it 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 made it too
0: so the movie's coming um you're obviously speaking at a bunch of different places which is I think yep uh,
1: I'm doing that um the weed shit yeah matter of fact I just just come from out working on my growth spot yesterday I've been working'm I'm building a 40 thousand square foot growth spot right now uh, That's got to be so
0: ironic and weird to be like. I just got the. I mean, obviously, it's cocaine and weed is two separate things, but I mean, weed in in your day was for me to have a
1: license, you know. Like, yeah, and you are
0: like I, out here like getting selling drugs legally now.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. And I want a dispensary, so so I got a dispensary coming soon. Um, you know, the music I am working with Dom Kennedy now. Dom's a great guy, man. Dom, good friend. Um, last week I had lunch with uh, James Fonderoy. Matter of fact, two days in in one week, you know, nice. I'm with James Fonderoy for two days in one week. So that was like, damn, who get to do that? You know what I'm saying? Of course. Uh, Private restaurant, you know, private restaurants where they tape your phone up, you know, you can't take pictures when you go into the restaurant. So, um, you you know, I just, I I, I just found out how to get myself in places that most people can't get in. You know, and right now I got the champ with me. You know, he he, he flew out here from Detroit. Come on, man! Let Inter- me man. introduce you, you to him. You have to jump over the cord. This is one of my young, one of my young guys. I'm advising him. He's a fighter what and, and a know? rapper, yeah. fighter and a rapper.
3: Yeah, artist, oh, entertainment. Hey, take the mic, plug your shit, man. <clears throat> what up, though, man? This is Abdullah Qadar out of Detroit, Michigan? You know, flew to LA, tap in with Big Unk. We right here with. Uh Boulet Kev going crazy. Shout out to Detroit. I gotta go <laughs> yeah. out to Detroit
0: soon. I I'm supposed to go out there and shoot some shit with Babyface Ray.
3: Oh yeah, come to the D. We good? Detroit's going crazy right now. Oh man. yeah, the whole culture. We 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 really like I wouldn't say the next Atlanta because we really put Atlanta on for real. I mean I can't go there with you, but Shout out me no, too, right man. now Detroit got it. We 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 we, we right now Shout we, out oh,
0: no. Uh babyface Ray Peasy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Forty Two Doug, yeah, uh, payroll Giovanni, the
3: whole the whole city going crazy. Icewear
0: Vezo, ice
3: everybody's GT. Yeah. Detroit's going crazy, and we all it's like it's like the streets coming out to the industry now. Like all them all the rappers you just named, they like street rappers. They're well, not sure. industry, so like they kind of. Eminem and I'm just kidding I'm kidding Like we got Yachty saying, Coming yeah. to the city now. No for we're sure like, Yachty
0: did a whole album Of T Grizzly Exactly you know, yeah. like, A whole Detroit theme No no he did a, a It Michigan wasn't an album a He, he did a A, a, a Michigan themed album Yeah Michigan With a bunch boy. of Detroit artists Yeah
3: Yeah Michigan boy But it was cool So you know We you know, all coming said, up
0: What
1: you said though Make a lot of sense Because what, what we Have been saying in jail Is that the music business Followed the dope game uh-huh. mm-hmm. Where well, the dope game Went the music scene Started to flourish And and when Meach and them Went to 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 Atlanta, you know, they helped That's that, when they helped that thing start to to jail. Because you need you know, you need some of the some of the trimmings to go with you know to go with You ever communicate with someone like Big Meech? Yeah, Meech started writing me when he first fell. Wow. Wendy they hooked us up. She wanted me to advise him on how to do his case and and uh when when uh when they told me when he told me they offered him the thirty years, you know, I told him that it was a good idea to take it. I say thirty years beat. Uh, a life sentence you know I knew guys and that's because I had new guys who had the opportunity to take 30 and didn't and got the life and had did 30 years Mm. so so you can do 30 but you couldn't do life right so sometimes you know you might look at it like oh that's a lot of time but at the end of the day you got a date you got a date and 30 might be 25 Misha already. 20. Misha, already. he's probably only like three years to the house now that shit's crazy you know he done did that shit so you just think that he could have you know he could have went hard and, and and got the life sentence and and we'd be like oh he ain't got no date did 50 cent ever try to reach out to you to, to do yeah the, 50 called me the day i got out of jail because i feel
0: like he's been doing such a good job of, of telling the
1: bmf story with his show you yeah. know but we we wasn't able to put nothing together you know uh
0: you might be able to do a much more accurate version of what Snowfall is, but like having you directly involved, maybe.
1: No, I, I can do my own movie. This you is know, true. I know enough about, I read enough books on, on producing movies. That's you true. Know, I read about four or five books on producing movies when I go talk to them. You know, I, I met, when I got out, I met with Ori Emanuel. I met with Jeff Burr, Spencer Boomer. Everybody. Uh, Michael Linton. The, the four biggest guys in Hollywood, you know, going to Fifty Cent—that's like a step down. One hundred percent. I say so, so. Once I meet the top guys, and, and they didn't show me, you know, I didn't think none of those guys was that smart. That's fair. They couldn't even figure out how I got in their offices. They're like, "Wait, who, like, how'd, how'd you, you get here?"
0: That's crazy.
1: I was like, I was invited. So when it comes to working with someone like
0: him, and you, you're helping it, advise him, like what are the what are some of the things that you're doing for for, for somebody like your guy right here?
1: Well, well, what, what I'm, I'm showing him is is that a lot of these guys they're not their own men. You know, they, they don't make their own decisions. They they don't really think for themselves. Uh, they got other people basically. They're almost like puppets. Mm. You know, when when you look at most of these guys, they they can they can't do what they want to do. You know, like with me, I do whatever I want to do. I go when I want to go. I go to sleep when I want to go to sleep. I eat what I want to eat. Nobody pays my bills. I pay my own bills. Mm. So that's the way you got to be if you want to, if you want to have, I mean, you got to, if you ain't got no, you ain't got no nuts if you can't do that. You know, you got to tone down to what other people tell you you have to do. You know, and that's what I, when I met with those guys in Hollywood that I just named to you, you know, uh, or Emmanuel tell me that I'm going to have to be listening to Mark Wahlberg. No, I don't have to listen to Mark Wahlberg. Mm. You know, I don't have to listen to nobody because I already knew that I was going to get out here and and, and and blaze my own trail. You know, I get my mind out the streets, $20 at a time. I just stack them 20s up. You ain't got to give me, you know, a hundred thousand. Well, you know, most people, that's the that's the downfall to the music
0: industry is most artists are vulnerable and they. Get that. They'd rather take that upfront bag,
1: even though the terms are terrible, than than take the slow monthly bag or the slow residual income. Yeah, I like that though. That's why I self published my book. That's why I told them don't go to Amazon and get it. Get it from get your it website. From me. <laughs> I respect so it. I, I got I got a a little artist right now. I'm trying to sign. I got a 16 year old kid. I ain't gonna mention his name. Cause okay. Because then you might him. you might pop some pop, someone might steal him from you. Yeah, yeah, you know how they do, so that's what's uh, up, man. And then we go, we're gonna probably go to the studio tonight, you know what I'm saying? And and was uh, he hot too. He hot on the mic. Are you Not only in- can he fight, but he he can rap too.
0: Are you getting back into uh real estate at all?
1: I am, but I'm I'm a wait, you know. Um uh, uh I got my credit right. And and you know, now with my with my marijuana grow, you know, I should be making a lot of money. million, million and a half a month. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So something like I get into real estate then. Something light. And and that's real estate. You know, my building, I own the building. There so, it is. So and that is so, definitely so, so real, that's real estate. estate. You know what I'm saying? Did uh, you ever franchise any shit? Like any like did you ever have like a subway or like a McDonalds back in the day? Nah, nah, I didn't know how to do that. You know, you, you and I, I was a ghetto boy. Okay. You know, I, my mom didn't my mom the only job she ever had was cleaning offices and cutting grass so you know you in order to do those type of things you have to have somebody in your life that has already done that uh, you didn't have
0: that circle of people
1: at the at the moment. Some, my guys just carry guns right. you know they didn't they didn't carry books they didn't carry guns so when 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 you have people who's coming from those lifestyles then you can't expect anything else from them. And that's why I, I feel it's so important for me to be successful because there's so many young men, you know, like him, who need somebody like me to to show them how far they can go. Like, don't don't limit yourself to just this. You know, the world is yours. You can do anything that anybody else in this world can do. And, and that's how I feel, and, and that's what I try to teach my guys, is that don't let nobody muffle you down and tell you how far you can grow and how far you can go because they don't know What you can do Facts You know I don't know what you can do You know So you have to be the one That tells yourself Where your limits are And where you want to stop
0: uh, Last thing I wanted to Ask you about Because I feel like What's going on right now With fentanyl And all the overdoses And people getting turned out over All these opiates It's probably like The craziest like Surge of like A drug that's kind of Like taking over in terms of like national media attention, probably since crack in the eighties, right? Yep. When you see the what's going on with fentanyl right now, and like how a lot of these pharmaceutical companies are kind of skating because they're the source of the problem, and you know, really, um, do you see the parallels and kind of what was going on in the eighties to what's going on now with fentanyl?
1: Well, fentanyl kills its customers. You know, with crack, we didn't kill our customers. I, I didn't want I didn't want my customers to die. I wanted them to live because I knew as long as they lived, they was going to be bringing me that money. And if you're killing your customers, you you know almost like the cigarette companies, you got to recruit. And yeah, I didn't want to recruit. I just wanted to keep the same people keep coming, keep on repeat customers. Yeah, we keep repeat. We always coming. think of people who will sell stuff to get crack. What's the most random
0: thing someone brought to you in exchange for crack? A, a dope, a dope smoker, not somebody who was was trying to sell, but like, what's the craziest thing someone showed up to, to you with and said, "Hey, take this. I need this. I need.
1: I need. I need my fix." Man, people done not everything, man, from their wives. Someone offered you their wife. Yeah.
0: Did you did you take it? No, no,
1: no. It was my homeboy. Your homie offered you his wife because to get his fix. He thought I liked his wife, so he's like, "Yo, you can
0: fuck her." I just need some crack. Exactly. What the fuck?
1: That's crazy. What was what's the craziest
0: thing you accepted? How about that?
1: <laughs> you, <laughs> I didn't I didn't really I didn't really have to because I you just, weren't on that you weren't on that level. I didn't stay on the streets long in the transition. I was probably on the, probably on the streets about two three months. Right, you were, by the by the time you were really getting it going, you would you didn't even, the hand-to-hand shit was... was was over. My hand-to-hand was real short. You yeah. know, I, I was able to, I, I got lucky, because when I started, my mom, when my mom put me out the house, I moved in with my cousin. My cousin stayed right around the corner from a PCP spot. So, all <laughs> the guys who sold PCP smoked crack. That's crazy. So, every time they would get $100, they would come and see me. So... Mine went from making $20 to $500 a day, like really quick. As soon as I found when I met the PCP guys, all the PCP guys, you know, it's like 10 or 15 of them out there. So now I'm making $100 from each one. If they make $400 a day, they're going to give me $100. Oh,
0: that's crazy. Someone offered you their wife. That's pretty wild. Yeah. I can imagine that. There's Yeah, that's wild. Well, listen, man, um, is there anything going on like this very moment you would like to promote?
1: Yeah, we got a uh, we got a big fight up in Philadelphia on the 25th of this month with my man, Bashan Champ. Okay. Y'all be checking him out, another one of my guys. Um, You're working a lot with fighters. Well, that's my my main passion right now. The weed, the weed, and, well, well, my passion is to take over boxing. Did you get any pointers from Jay Prince? No. Because Jay Prince had his, his bouts with, you know, obviously managing Floyd Mayweather. and Jay, Jay you know, Jay doing his thing. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna probably be more like com- competitors because we're, sure. be, we're gonna be going for the same guys, you know. Pretty soon, my guy's gonna be beating his guys up, and, <laughs> and anybody else's guys, you know. We, uh, we, we want them belts. We want to be the best guys, and, and not not for the money because we're already gonna be rich, you know. We finna we finna have more money than Sam, but we just want gonna want to go in the ring and, and and beat somebody up. You know what I'm saying? To so show the boxing is so the the 25th. It's in Philly. The fight five- in Philly. Yeah. So be on the lookout. Uh, and it'd be it'd be streamed on Fight TV.
0: Oh, I got Fight TV.
1: Oh, you got Fight TV? Well, yeah. You,
0: you'll I, get to see it. I um, I think I saw a fight. I, what was one of the... It was one of the Paul fights where he fought. I think Tyron Woodley was on there. That was on Fight TV, right? One of those were. It was the one that wasn't on trailer, It was on Fight TV. Because that shit's on
1: my well, TV. Well, anybody, anybody that wanted... F-I-T-E. Wanted, if they want to know exactly where to get it, they can go to my page, com. Boom. Or... Freeway Rick on Instagram, Freeway Ricky Ross on Facebook, and uh TikTok is Freeway Rick and, and Twitter's Freeway Rick.
3: What's your what's your what's your social media? So if anybody wanna follow you. On my Instagram, Packboy.ppk man. Tap in with your baby. There it is. Uh, across all platforms. You feel me? We here. We, we taking over this year. It's gonna be a good year for us. There it is.
1: Mm-hmm. Appreciate mm-hmm.
0: you and your time, man. Thank you, Thank you man. You, that brother. was a good yes, interview. Sir.
1: You asked me some different stuff.
0: All right, we was off camera. You were talking about... Uh, I asked you about doing Joe Rogan. You said you were the one of the first Joe Rogan interviews. How yeah. many times have you done the Joe Rogan show? Twice. You say you were like number 80 or something.
1: Yeah, I, something like that. I was writing that number. It might have been a, a, a little earlier than that, maybe even. So I go on Joe Rogan's show, right? And uh, I'm fucked up at the time. You know what I'm saying? That just took mom's house. You see my documentary when they put us out on mom's. My, my yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, I, I, yeah. I've seen so, it a long time. So wow, they, just, yeah. they
1: just put us out the house and... Um, I go do the Joe Rogan show, but you know, I, I'm wearing it with, with, you know, like, fuck it. I, I When I left prison, I was already like, shit, whatever I got to do. If I'm homeless, sleeping in the car, I don't care. I'm going to win. You know, like, I'm just a billionaire sleeping in the car. So mm-hmm. when I go to the Joe Rogan show, I was like, man, Joe, I'm fucked up. And he was like, man, you need a T-shirt. And I almost put my head on the table like, oh, a T-shirt? Man, give me some money. Yeah. I need a, I need a, I need a boost, so. I leave the show, man, I'm walking downtown, and uh, this young white kid come up to me, and he's like, hey, Rick, I heard you on the Joe Rogan show, he all geeked and shit like that, and I'm like, oh, man, he's like, man, I got an idea for a t-shirt, and I was like, oh, another one of them motherfuckers, right, and uh, he said, like, the real Rick Ross is not a rapper, and I say to myself, that's the corniest shit in the world. But I always, one thing I notice about me is I keep an open mind. Mm-hmm. You know, even though I might feel like a certain way, I ain't mm-hmm. going to like just say like my way is the only way. So I said, uh, all right, let's do it. The dude say, I'll print the T-shirt, I'll design and everything. I don't know who this kid either, right? So he designed the T-shirt. I come to his shop. We take some pictures with me wearing the shirt. Mm-hmm. He give me a hundred shirts. And I leave out and I sell all those shirts that same day. Wow. So, at this time, I got Joe's direct number. I can call Joe whenever I get ready. Yeah. So, I called Joe. I was like, hey, man, you know you told me to do that T-shirt. Well, I did it. I got a T-shirt. He's like, all right, I'm going to set you up to come back on the show. So, the next week, I go back on the show, and I take Joe on the T-shirts because I I was doing them with really nice material, you know, the new T-shirts. So, I gave Joe the shirt. Joe put the shirt on on camera, and next week, man, my PayPal hit like $18,000, like, Bing, bing, bing. That thing just kept going. Bing, 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 bing. We thought it was broke. <laughs> $18,000 was in my PayPal, man. We went and got us apartment and uh, I ain't looked back since. So that that moment kind of helped at that time, was was you needed that money. I mean, that Oh, was no, we was fucked up. Man, I had two babies. I had two brand new babies. Damn. Me and my girl, because I wanted to have a son as soon as I got home because I knew my time was running. You wow. mean, I'm, I'm an old man now. And, right. So as soon
0: as you got home, you got to work.
1: Well, I, I never, I've never raised a kid. Right. And and I've always wanted to, you know, like, I mean, you know, you could say I raised my younger brothers, but I slipped on them because I would let them, you know, go and do their own thing. But with my babies, they don't get to do nothing. It's like, of course. you know, straight. So, so Joe so,
0: Rogan wearing that T-shirt kind of.
1: Oh my goodness lot, I, I can't even say How many shirts That thing sold Cause IRS gonna be On my ass <laughs> <laughs> it, you saw, it did so well That t-shirt did so well that, that right now It's like Five or six websites That's bootlegging That t-shirt That's so crazy
0: I feel like I've seen it Like at the swap meet For sure The real Rick Ross Is not a rapper Yeah You,
1: you know I, I still wear it <laughs> Oh it's there there it is, right there. I still wear that joint.
0: Go to the website and buy one right now. Do you, when you, when you, someone who's known Joe Rogan as long as you have, and you see the controversy with, uh, you know, what's going on with him, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Whole I don't
1: think Joe's a racist. You know, I mean, a lot of people said. I mean, I used to use the N word. Hmm? I used to use the N word. But you know it's okay for it's us. It's a little use different it. when you use it. obviously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, it, it's it's I don't know. But I don't I don't feel like Joe Rogan is is racist. You know I think he's getting a bad uh, rap for, for for using the word and, and he apologized and he's I don't believe he'll ever use it again. Would you go back on his show? Yeah, I do Joe more. I'll be I sell a million books. I say so you sell a lot more books, a lot more T-shirts now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If I go on Joe's show right now, my book probably wind up being the best. I mean my book already. You know, I I didn't really need I don't really need nobody to do what I do for real. Um, My book has done some numbers, Mm -hmm. you know, just uh, the way I sell it. They just don't uh, calculate. Of course, Um, I bought so Amazon. Let me say that there and saying I ain't gonna let Amazon sell more of my books than I sold. I respect.
3: Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Zero
2: Foxtrot isn't just a brand.